Hi, welcome to episode two of the We Are For Peds podcast, the podcast where we try to where I try to explain why we do the things we do and why there might be practice variation between different attendings. All right. Boy, after such a, a controversial episode last time, I'm going to tone it down a little bit, go a little bit more mainstream, okay? Let's talk fever and the 0 to 28 day old, right? In this one, we're talking about the, the pretty well-looking kid, right? The well to pretty well-looking kid. The sick kids, we'll cover that later, but this is your standard kids, right? And so this age group, right? So how do we break down uh, uh, fever in kids? Well, we do it by age groups, all right? So there's the 0 to 28 day. Uh, the the 28 to two month old, now, often there's the zero to two month old and then sub broken down into the one zero to one and then the one to two month old. Then there's the tiger country. Nobody knows what's going on in the two to three month olds. Um, and then the three month to 36 month old, three month to three year old age group. And then after that, after you're three, you've kind of got a proven immune system. You're old enough to explain how you feel, uh, a little bit verbal, uh, symptoms are a little bit more identifiable. Uh, so that's why that, that older age group, the zero to 28 day old. All right. That's what we're going to talk about today. These kids unproven immune system, even if they have, uh, even if they're going to have a normal immune system, often uh, low IgM, low complement levels. So these kids are at risk uh, from bacterial infections. Right? And so this is a particularly high risk. The whole zero to two month old age group we talk about being high risk, but it's even higher in the zero to one month old. And the kids are, are, you know, right, they do less. You can't tell whether they can't tell us how they feel. It's hard to examine them. And so that's why we break, we, we break the zero to two month old down into this subgroup of the zero to one. And the next time we'll talk about the one to two month old. The rate of invasive bacterial illness, you know, positive blood cultures, positive CSF, some are, you know, seven to 10% of these kids with fevers will have uh, positive blood cultures or positive CSF. And so that's why uh, uh, nearly all the time, all these kids are going to get a workup. All right. All these kids are going to get a sepsis workup. The one to two month olds, we'll talk about that next time. Maybe not all the time, but this group uh, nearly always, sometimes there's a confounder. Oh yeah. You use some weird test strip on their forehead. And that's why we thought they had a fever. We looked at them and they thought they had a fever. And remember when we talk about fever in this age group, we're also talking about fever at home. Uh, and that was a recent article that came out, I don't know, two years ago. I'll post the link in the, the note here in the show notes, but the um, journal of pediatrics article saying that uh, kids who parents report fever at home but did not have a fever in the emergency department, have about a 50% chance uh, uh, of having a reduction compared to baseline of uh, bacterial infections. So if we say that you know a 10-day-old, 10% chance of having positive blood cultures, positive CSF cultures, if they have a fever in the emergency department, if they have a fever at home and no fever in the ED, probably about a 5% chance. All right. And so for all practical purposes, fever at home is the same as a fever in the emergency department. Next month, we'll talk more or next episode, we'll talk more about RSV. Um, again, kids who are RSV positive can still have positive uh, uh, bacterial cultures, blood, urine, CSF. Uh, again, not as high a, a rate, uh, but those are RSV positive or RVP positive, any of those respiratory viruses. And so having a, a positive RVP does not exclude the chance that you have 
uh, uh, positive bacterial cultures. And so that's why uh, we may do uh, viral testing for cohorting, you know, which room they go in upstairs, but uh, it doesn't really change the management. All right, so the kid's got a fever, looks okay. What are we going to do? So all these kids, we want blood cultures, cath urine uh, for culture, and a LP. All right, those are the mandatory parts of it. Then what do we do with uh, additional blood? Do we want extra, extra blood work? All right, so uh, this is where you want to coordinate with the team to make sure we know, you know, what's highest priority, what's next highest priority. Blood cultures are always highest priority in this age group if it's a fever and a well-looking kid. You know, do we want a CBC? Again, you know, the white count isn't going to change management in this age group. Maybe, hey, is it, are they septic and they have uh, low platelets? Do they have petechiae? And so uh, uh, I might want to look at platelets on the CBC, but I'm not going to pay so much attention to the white count. Please, 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 if the residents order a CRP, yeah, maybe check with the attending, okay? Uh, again, there's going to be variation in whether or not we want to get a CRP. Uh, me, I don't really like them as much, mostly because um, uh, it's a couple extra drops out of the blood culture bottle as far as I'm concerned. And so uh, if you can use half a purple bullet for a CBC, you need a full bullet to get a CBC and a CRP. Now that's a couple extra drops that could go in the blood culture. And I really want to maximize the, the, the amount of blood we put in the blood culture bottle. And so I don't like CRPs in these kids. But again, you'll see difference in, very, in practice. Do we want electrolytes? Either a, a basic metabolic, a comprehensive metabolic, or a VBG. Again, depending on how the kid looks. Uh, um, do I want, you know, the CMP gives me liver function studies. And if I'm worried, uh, maybe they have herpes or, or uh, they're systemically septic, uh, um, I want to see if their LFTs are elevated. And so that's why I might get a CMP rather than a basic metabolic. Basic metabolic or a VBG, I can look to see the sodium, all right? Is, uh, are the parents mixing the formula incorrectly? Too much water, too little water. So now the baby's hypernatremic or hyponatremic. I'm sorry, I mixed that up, right? If it's too little water, they're going to be hypernatremic. If it's too much water, they'll be hyponatremic. And so uh, reasons why we want to check that. Sometimes we'll talk about stress dose steroids, right? The kids who are, have uh, adrenal insufficiency. And so we can check their electrolytes. Are they hyponatremic and hyperkalemic, suggesting they're a salt-wasting form of undiagnosed adrenal insufficiency? And so those might be reasons why we would want to check uh, um, uh, electrolytes. And then if they're jaundiced, we want to get a bilirubin, you know, in that CM, in that comprehensive metabolic. And so that's kind of the thinking that goes into uh, which labs to order. And as we try to prioritize those labs, uh, how much blood are we willing to take away from the blood culture bottles to get those labs? The urine, again, cath urine, mandatory. We'll talk uh, in, in another episode about urines, but a bag urine just doesn't really, is, is not uh, adequate in this age group. Chest x-rays, chest x-rays, remember, are not time sensitive. Again, as you're trying to prioritize uh, uh, your work, yeah, you know, let's coordinate, all right? Uh, there's not really anything I'm going to find on the chest x-ray, uh, short of, you know, tension pneumothorax, uh, that's going to change uh, what I do in the short term. And so uh, most of the time, for, for most of these children, uh, getting the blood, urine, CSF, uh, giving antibiotics, and then at some point later, getting the chest x-ray, if folks want that. And again, we don't always want that, only if there's respiratory symptoms. Uh, the question is, that, here's the controversy, right, is what are respiratory symptoms? Uh, unclear. Some people, it's a cold. Some, some physicians only will get it if it's a cough. 
so there'll be some practice variation there. But a chest x-ray is not always mandatory, but certainly if we get it, it's not as time sensitive as some of the other things. And I keep talking about time sensitive, right, because this was uh, the original sepsis alert, all right, back before uh, we worried so much about, uh, uh, we, we did sepsis alerts for adults. This was the one where we wanted to get uh, uh, an hour from arrival to uh, giving antibiotics. Boy, that's hard to meet, right? Because it's hard to get blood, hard to get urine, hard to get everybody together and get a successful lumbar puncture. But uh, uh, the goal is, you know, an hour uh, from arrival to completion of diagnostic studies and uh, giving antibiotics. Very hard to do. And I, I'm not sure I, I've, I can't remember a time when I've done it in less than an hour. But, but that's, uh, we want to stay up tempo with it. If we, when, again, I mentioned antibiotics. So what antibiotics do we use? In this age group, it's, it's nearly uniformly ampicillin and genomycin. All right. Why not ceftriaxone? Oh, so there's some controversy that in the, there's some thought that in the, the, the infants uh, that um, it can uh, dis displace uh, bilirubin from albumin. Uh, so increasing bilirubin levels, does it increase the risk of conicterus? You can get some biliary sludging, things like that. And so... Uh, long, you know, a uh, full course of ceftriaxone would not be uh, appropriate in this age group. But again, if you're working somewhere, the kid's sick, I can't find anything else, ceft you, know, you have a, a, all I have is ceftriaxone, then go ahead and give them some of that. But normally, ampicillin and genomycin, again, some places will start to go cefotaxime or uh, uh, cefepime because they're seeing, seeing more staph that's resistant. Uh, but here, um, we're not there yet, and so that's why we stick with amp and gen. Classically given IV, rather, not IM, but it can be given IM, right? So here's a kid that, yeah, we lost the IV trying to get the blood cultures. Uh, we got blood cultures, uh, but uh, then we can we can talk about giving it IM. And then uh, acyclovir. Uh, that's not as time sensitive. Again, to us who work in the emergency department, where time sensitive is measured in seconds and parts of seconds, uh, um, we don't consider it time sensitive. ID folks might consider it time sensitive. Oh, it ought to be given this afternoon or ought to be given two hours from now. That's time sensitive to them, but not to us. And so that's one where we often talk with the team, uh, the admitting team, and, and coordinate uh, whether or not to start that. And then all these kids are really going to get admitted. All right. Yeah, once in a while, you know, there's some, some unbelievable circumstances that we decide not to. But uh, uh, the vast majority of these kids, blood, urine, CSF, antibiotics, admission, if they have a fever in the emergency department in zero to 28 days. All right. Hopefully this explains some of our reasoning. And uh, uh, again, catch me. We'll talk more about this, uh, an important uh, topic. And we just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Thanks so much.